Welcome to the Just Filmmakers Podcast. My name is Justice Brooks, and I'm here with Jordan Orm. Jordan, dude, thanks so much for sitting down with me. I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you. Well, thanks for that nice intro, man. I appreciate it. That was really kind. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Okay, sick, bro. You know, I've been following you for a while, and you're an editor. You're also starting to do directing. Um, you know, as an editor, you've got some pretty big names under your belt. You do a lot of music videos, but you also do some doc work as well. Um, you know, you've done stuff for Justin Bieber, Kehlani, G-Eazy, Tyga, Lil Wayne, Roddy Rich, Megan Thee Stallion, Swally, Post Malone. Like, dude, it, it's quite a bit of stuff that you've done. Today, I'm, I'm just really hoping that we can kind of chat about, you know, how you learned, totally. where you want to go in the future. Uh, how did you get into the industry? Okay, yeah. So I didn't do any filmmaking, anything while I was in high school. I never touched a camera, didn't do anything like that. So getting to film school in California was actually the first time that I ever got into filmmaking. And so um, I was actually a kicker in high school. And so I was looking for a school based on football. And I found a school in California called Azusa Pacific University in the L.A. area. And they had football as well as film school. And I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I didn't know if being a film major was what I wanted. I really liked studio art in high school. And I was like, you know, I think maybe I want to do something with computers and art, maybe like graphic design, editing, VFX, something like that. And so I got to film school. I was like, OK, let's do it. And I just finished shooting my first short film for like my freshman film class. And I got into the edit bay and I was like, OK, shoot, let's let's get this done. And I was like YouTubing stuff, like trying to figure learn how to edit, learn how to use Avid Media Composer at the exact same time. If you know Avid, that's like the uh, the industry standard for bigger budget movies. And so I was trying to learn the software and I look up at the clock and it was like 5 a.m. And I was like, oh, my yeah. freaking gosh, I accidentally stayed up all night. But I was having so much fun. It was super magical to like for the first time to put footage together that was shot over an entire day and start stitching it together and like creating one fluid moment of time. I thought that was literally insane. And so from there, I was like, shoot, I think I could maybe do this as a job. And so I started marketing myself to all my filmmaker friends uh, in film school. I was like, hey, let me edit your stuff. I'd love to be an editor. I also might have wanted to do sound design at the same time. But luckily enough, editors, you know, they have to sound design a lot. So that worked out. So I made a lot of connections that way. I was able to edit some people's stuff for free. And near the end of film school, I was making a few connections, taking people out to coffee and I was able to edit some music videos for some alumni. But actually, the first music video that I edited was a music video that I directed. I was like, shoot, I don't have no idea how to edit a music video. I've never done this before. So I was like, shoot, I want to make one. And in order to edit one, I needed to have footage. So I was like, shoot, I'm going to shoot my own footage so I can edit a music video uh, because no one's going to let somebody edit a music video that's never edited before. So well, I got one of my like rapper buddies from the football team and we went and shot a music video and I borrowed one of my friend's reds and it was a super fun time. And yeah, that's basically it. The rest is history. From there, I was able to like show people this music video. It's like, hey, I edited this music video. Could I edit your music video for free? So I did that and started editing a lot of music videos with alumni and I crafted a reel with all of those music videos that I was editing and I was working at the school too, doing like some documentary stuff. And over Christmas, I was like, shoot, I'm going to throw all this footage together and make a reel and give it my best shot. And from there, I 
made the reel and I was starting to look for jobs because I was graduating in May and this was Christmas time. And I saw a job posting on MediaMatch.com for a music video editor and it was this director named Arad. And I had been following Arad on Instagram for like years ahead of that time. And I was like, shoot, I actually know who this guy is. This is crazy. So instead of filling out the job posting, I went ahead and DM'd him on Instagram. I was like on his post, like, hey, bro, check your DM. So he uh, eventually checked it and he said, hey, thanks for sending. And that's it. That's all he said. I was like, ah, you know, like, what, what did I expect? You know, I'm just randomly reaching out to guys. But about a month later, he was like, hey, we're looking for a young editor. I really enjoyed your reel. Uh, would you like to come meet with me in the office really quick? And so I like hopped in my car trucked it over to their office in LA and met with him and it went great. And a few weeks later, he was like, hey, bro, we have a video for you to assistant edit. And it's a Tiger video. And I was like, okay, cool. I can do this. I just got to prove myself and not mess this up. And so I was actually moving at the same time. I was like graduating and moving during this whole time. And so I was like assistant editing while moving at the same time. So I literally had like had my computer like plugged into the wall on the floor in my new place like trying to assist and edit so I finished that send it over to him and uh, I made a few mistakes but he was like it's all right and then a few weeks later he was like bro we have this new music video would you like to edit it and I did and I like like shoot okay this is my chance I gotta like do as good as freaking possible and so I gave it my best shot and the music video actually got shelved. Nobody, nobody's ever seen it, but I thought it was a pretty good edit and he liked it enough that he kept asking me to, to edit stuff for him. So that was basically kind of my quote unquote big break, but I had done a lot of free work, a lot of, you know, hard work put into getting to that point. Well, that's cool. I find it really interesting. You know, you've, you've studied, but you're also saying that even though you were studying a lot of the stuff that kind of helped you step up in your career was looking at tutorials on YouTube and doing stuff that wasn't film school. And, you know, I've said this before on the podcast because I have studied, you know, you get out of it what you put into it, um, you know, because I know people who've studied and they don't work in the industry at all. But I also know people who haven't studied and they're like at the top of their game in the industry. Totally. That's crazy, man. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. You know, like, oh, yeah, I just messaged this guy on Instagram because I know who Arad is. I've been following him for a while, too. No, it's crazy because some people will hear that and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you just reached out on Instagram and it happened. But at the end of the day, you know, if you haven't put in the work into your reel and to networking and all that, and he had reached out to you and then he was like, you're not ready. You're not what I necessarily want. No, that's that's actually really crazy. And I think social media is really powerful that way. Um, you know, YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and stuff like I think now we're starting to take it a little bit more seriously, especially from a marketing standpoint, especially if you're doing it all on your own. Instagram is really kind of all you got. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a really good way and the way you can link things in. And I'm really curious too to kind of ask a bit. And again, for me, this is just because I'm, I come from a totally different side of the business. You know, for me, it's a lot of pre-production. It's a lot of planning like on the day. What's it like for you? Like say you get a brief like how detailed is it? Is it more like, all right, this shot, this shot, this shot, this shot, or is it, this is kind of what we want, have fun with it and see. So I'm actually a freelancer, so I don't have any management or agency. And that's really great. It's nice to be able to pick and choose my projects, but you know, that's not always the case because you don't really know if you're going to have steady work or where your next meal is coming from sometimes. But I've been lucky enough to, ever since I started freelancing, have steady work, which has been definitely a blessing. And so, you know, when I get a music video brief, some directors, it, like it completely depends. 
Directors are completely different. Some directors are like, okay, this scene goes right here and then this shot and then this scene is next and you got to go to the, the car and then do a transition through the window and like they have it all planned out in their head. And so I actually really like those directors because they their videos tend to be a little more cultivated, a little more planned, look like they have a lot more intention to them. And so I definitely love that. But there's also some directors that are like, okay, here we like went and skated around like LA and did a bunch of crazy stuff with a bunch of kids. And there's just a ton of footage. So here you go, make something out of it, do your best. And that happens too. And we've made some really freaking cool videos that way as well. So it completely depends. There's definitely directors and shooters and creators on all, all sides of that spectrum. Yeah, man. No, that's really good. And even, um, just speaking on Instagram, you know, it's, it is, it's crazy how like even you and I are chatting because like we chatted on Instagram, you know, Instagram's a crazy place, actually. So that's how I eventually, you know, got that job with Arad. I literally just sent him a DM. Like the Instagram is that I should just write a book like called The Power of the DM because like it's like you said, it's how we're literally talking today. It's crazy. So from there, that's been a huge networking tool for me. Another thing that really helped me at the end of film school was taking people out for coffee and picking their brain. That was like a huge thing that helped me out. But the thing that's important to do when you're doing that is like saying, hey, I'm going to buy you coffee. I'm going to buy you lunch. You have to pay for their stuff. And then also ask questions about them. Don't talk about yourself. Just try to make friends with them. You don't want to ask for a job. You don't want to say like, hey, these are all the things I've done. Literally, when you're doing that, you want to talk about them. You want to compliment them on their work. And you want to be specific when you're saying that. Because I mean, that shows that you really know your stuff, you know what you're talking about, and it shows them that you've actually watched their stuff and you're actually genuinely fans of their work. And so in doing that, I met a director named Chadwick. He's a great guy. He's another guy that I've worked with a ton. Um, in addition to a rod, he does a lot more commercial work. And so I'm able to like dip my hands in, in a few different a uh, few different pots in addition to music videos. And, you know, there's been some crazy, there's been some crazy stories with a rod too. You know, he's a uh, <laughs> uh, Tyga. That was a, that was a crazy story. So on Mama Sita by Tyga and YG, if you want to go watch the, the final video, it's up on YouTube. You can look it up. Basically we had a session with, with Tyga and we had locked the director's cut at this point. So Rod and I were like, Hey bro, we like the cut. It looks good. This is what it is. And what had happened is there's a bar fight scene and a guitar solo. And we had intercut the bar fight scene and the guitar solo. So we're kind of going back and forth. You'd see some punches of a guy. And then you see like him doing a crazy lick on the guitar. Santana was the guitarist, by the way. And Tyga watched the cut and he was like, man, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. What we have to do is we have to have the bar fight scene by itself. And then we have to have the guitar solo by itself. Two separate scenes. We can't mix them together. And at this point, I was like, okay, frick, this is like 30 seconds of the music video that we have to completely re-edit. And out of like a two, three minute music video, that's a significant chunk. And to make matters worse, you know, Tyga's sitting there, so we have to finish it. And Santana didn't actually play his guitar solo. His guitar solo is literally just random stuff he's doing on the guitar because I don't think he remembered what he actually played in the studio. He really didn't know. <laughs> and so on set, he was literally just playing random stuff. So I had to take like 
very small clips and try to match it up to what we are hearing. If you watch the video right now and you're a guitarist, you'll see that the hands and the picking and everything, it doesn't match up at all. It's it's really, it's crazy. And so <laughs> we're just trying to piece stuff together as fast as we can, trying to not waste Tiger's time as, you know, he's sitting in the back of the room, like eating some chips on his phone. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was definitely a, a little bit of a tense situation, but, you know, it turned out great. He liked it. We finished it in a few hours and got the thumbs up from Tyga. So that was a crazy session. Yeah, man. No, I bet it's a it's a good learning experience though. Hey, you know, especially I've worked with some like bigger people too. And just, you know, their time is very limited, right? So it's like you kind of just gotta like, it's like, all right, we just need to get it done. And uh, no, dude, that's super funny. Changing gears a little bit. I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about kind of where you're from, how you've kind of gotten into the industry, you know, what you've kind of worked with and stuff, and as well as kind of just building your online brand. Where do you want to go in the future? Like, you know, I know you've done a bit of directing. You've done, you know, a lot of post work from some of the guys I've talked to. You know, they say some of the best directors come from editors because they've been in the edit suite and it's like, all right, we are missing a ton of stuff. Like, how are we going to make this work? Uh, Do you want to get into directing? Like, is that a a route you would want to kind of go down? And do you want to stay in music videos? Do you want to stay short form or would you like to kind of maybe get into into features, into shorts, dive into the commercial world a little bit more? So I definitely want to do some more directing. I did some like low budget music videos a few months ago and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really love directing. I love like being able to craft the story, being able to say, hey, put the camera here, you know, and just be in complete control. The reason that I'm not really pursuing directing right now is literally pre-production. Pre-production is like the bane of my existence. I freaking I freaking hate it, bro. I become like the most stressed out shell of a person during pre-production. Like you never want to be around me. Ask my girlfriend, man. She she man, nah. Stressed out Jordan is not fun to be around. And that's what happens because of pre-pro. And uh so I think if I'm gonna do more directing, I would definitely need to have a really good producing partner and maybe a little bit more money so we could actually like afford to pay people, you know, and that would be helpful. But uh, I didn't have that on the last videos, but we still we still managed to make some pretty good stuff. But yeah, directing is really fun. Uh, Another thing that I want to do more of is I want to do more commercials uh, in the post-production side. They're a little more lucrative than than the music video game. But music videos are also super duper fun to do. And I also like to switch up my work a lot, too. So if I do like five music videos in a row, I'm going to start getting tired of it. And I want to like do something else. I want to do like a documentary, do a commercial. And so that's the that's the thing that I like about short form. It's uh, you get to move between projects a lot. And you, if you're on a project, you're like, shoot, if I hate this thing, I know it's going to be over in a couple of weeks. And, you know, it's nice to be able to fall back on that and be able to go to sleep at night knowing that, you know, it's going to be over at some point. And that's the thing that like scares me about features, honestly, is you're you're on that thing for six months straight. And, you know. That's terrifying to me. And when I was in film school, I was like, bro, I'm going to do features. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like the best feature editor editor ever. And uh, now nah, I'm scared of him now. Nah, I'm terrified. <laughs> like, that's that's too long to be on one project. Um, so I'm definitely thankful to be in short form right now. But maybe I'll do features, you know, when I'm old and like completely tired of doing music videos and commercials and I hate them. 
So then maybe I'll switch it and, and do something else. And it'll be like a new challenge for me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And, you know, even just kind of transferring over, let's talk about your YouTube channel for a while, because that in itself is like a whole other avenue that, you know, people are doing more and more, but it's also a way to learn and just kind of keep up to date. Um, do you want to kind of talk about it, like why you started it, when you started it and kind of the, the feedback you've gotten from it? So my YouTube, that was a that was a crazy time. I actually started that during the pandemic. So last year, um, right when the pandemic hit, I had a little bit of extra time on my hands because I was just editing, you know, a few iPhone footages. That's not even a word, footages. <laughs> but, you know, productions were shut down, so there wasn't as much work for me. So I was like, shoot, you know, I've kind of wanted to start a YouTube channel and talk about editing, but I haven't had time. But if, if I'm ever going to do it, now's the time. So, you know, I sat down and I started breaking down my own videos I had edited personally and like telling people how I did it. And it was cool. It was fun. There's a few people watching it. I did about 10 videos, I think. And um, but it wasn't getting a ton of traction. And so then I wondered to myself, like, what if I react to more popular music videos that people are really fans of? And they'll be like, hey, I really love this artist, but I'm really interested to see what an editor would think about the music video. And so I did that and it really took off. And so that was really crazy. And I'm able to have a successful YouTube channel basically reacting to other people's work. Yeah. And that's a really cool thing, too, because when I'm down in the dumps and, you know, I can't freaking figure out how to edit something. Lots of times I'll go and watch other people's work and get inspiration from that. And I will literally like go through a video, go through certain sections like frame by frame and literally break down how they made it and reverse engineer the video <laughs> so I can create it myself. That's basically what I do on YouTube. And I, and, you know, I just talk about it and, you know, scream a little bit, have a good time. And it's really great. One thing that I also use, if you go to my site, jordanorm.com, you can download a project template that I use personally all the time on my own videos. It saves me 30 to 40 minutes for setting up my edit projects. It has all the, all the bins, all of the sequences, all preset, all the like finder folders all ready to go. So you can save a ton of time setting up your projects. And if you'd like to go download that, and if you're an editor and you know you want to save a little bit of time on your projects, just head on over to jordanorm.com. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, I guess um, kind of just even going with the online course, the online business, would you like be like in a few years, would you be looking at, you know, getting like an assistant editor, getting a producer, getting kind of getting a team or would it be kind of just more you just kind of doing your thing and, and working around that way? Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to try to expand my team here. I'm um, I'm definitely going to be looking for like a virtual assistant as well as an assistant editor and somebody also to edit my YouTube videos. Um, I have a buddy of mine who's just starting to edit them and we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes. But I definitely want to be able to, you know, use my time more creatively. And in order to do that, sometimes you need some help. And so I would love to get an assistant editor once I get to the point where I have a ton of jobs going at the same time and I have a dude or a girl that I can trust and be like, hey, can you just please set up this project for me? Hey, we're just we just finished picture locking this. Can you send it to color? Can you send it to VFX? That would be super invaluable to have. And I hope to have that someday. And uh, also, I'm starting to think about 
opening up an online course, which would be very exciting. And if at that point I might need a virtual assistant, somebody to, to help me organize that and, and get that done. And so I think it's totally important and worth it to grow your team as you as you start going. You know, I know I know you're a DP yourself and I don't know if you have like ACs or like grips that you're like, man, those are my go to guys. And, you know, you guys can kind of grow as a team and network together. And so I'm definitely looking to do that and do that on the post side. Oh, awesome. You know, sometimes it's lonely out here for post, you know, it's a lonely life. So it's good to have it's good to have friends. That's awesome, man. Well, I'll get to the end just to kind of wrap up. I'm kind of chatting with everybody. I kind of have a conversation with um, just kind of these three questions. And again, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. I just, just kind of like, especially hearing an opinion, you know, because everyone's kind of got a different, a different journey and a different kind of way to get where they are. So we'll start off with the first one. And, you know, for you, you did study, but would you say it's worth it? And I guess, you know, to somebody first starting out or someone who's considering doing it, would you like, and I know it's pretty difficult because, you know, there's certain schools that are better than others, right? You know, some, like I was really fortunate. My my film school had like, you know, an Alexa, a jib, like cine lenses, like so much. So for me, I was like, yeah, 100%. But, you know, other schools, you know, they're shooting on like DSLRs, which is something that you could easily be doing on your own time. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, this is a great question. So what I always say is it totally depends. Film school was so good for me because I didn't do any filmmaking, anything in high school. I had no idea how to freaking work a camera, anything like that. And so I was learning all of those things in film school. And in addition to that, I was able to network. I was able to to get some buddies to make stuff with. And the biggest thing that I think film school did for me is it lit a fire under my butt to actually make stuff. There are like deadlines for your projects and you're like, okay, shoot, I have to pull an all nighter tonight because, you know, I have to f- literally submit my film. Otherwise, it's not going to screen at like the the little premiere that we have at the at the end of the year. And so like it forces you to make things, which I think if you if you don't have that fire lit under your butt and you're just like, oh, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll make some stuff, maybe not. Those deadlines are, are very important and very helpful. But lots of people say, shoot, it's crazy expensive and it is freaking crazy expensive. Um, I went to APU. I went to a, a four year I wanted the like the full college experience. So I wanted to like have roommates, be in apartments, be in dorms, make some friends for life. And so that was like another big reason of why I actually went to to college. But if you're coming out of high school and you've already made some film projects, you kind of know what's going on. You can definitely make it as long as you have a good network. And if you have friends and you're making stuff like go for it. If you feel like you don't need film school, go for it. I don't think it's it's a really it's a really cut and dry topic. It's totally different for for everybody. That's awesome, man. Uh, the next one is kind of I guess it's a little bit different just because you're more on the post side. But, you know, like I guess in film school, you kind of would have dealt with it. And I guess, you know, as you in terms of like production gear and like obviously guessing that you have like a really sick computer at home that you work on. Do you prefer to own your own stuff or do you, would you rather like rent it? And I'm really interested to hear this because like from a post perspective, it's going to be pretty different and it's going to be another angle. Man, post-production is different. My iMac, I have an iMac right now and it's, uh, it's like a 2020. It was literally like $2,500 and I, you can, you can get stuff that's beefier. I mean, it can go up to 5,000, but computers like aren't that expensive compared to like camera gear, you know, compared to lights, compared to like a 90,000 Alexa or red, you know, like that's that's crazy. You could like buy a house or a camera like, you know, what do you, you want to buy? 
And so I think totally own your own gear in post-production. Like it's it's not it's not that expensive. It's a low entry level. That's that's a really nice thing about being an editor. You have to have a computer and software. You know, I edit off of Premiere and it's literally like 300 bucks or something a year. Like it's it's really not that bad. So I totally say, you know, own your own stuff. Own it. Own it, baby. And another thing is that I've been seeing colorists start buying their own gear, too. And they have crazy expensive stuff. They have monitors that are like 10 grand that are like color accurate. And they have to like calibrate their TVs and pay like calibration specialists to like pull in up, you know, and like it, it gets it gets pretty intense and technical with the with the colorist gear. But during the pandemic, they're like everything's remote. And so they're investing in their own stuff so they can literally just color from home and do online sessions, do remote sessions. And so I think definitely in post-production, at least we're moving towards owning a lot of stuff and being able to to be flexible with that. That's awesome. And you probably pay for convenience too. You know, it's like, oh, I have a deadline. You know, if you're working till four in the morning, you know, you're and every hour that you're having to go over, you're gonna have to pay more, right? Which adds more budget. Whereas if you're at home, you know, you're like, I got my couch right here. I can just have a power nap. <laughs> for like an hour and then get back to it. No, that's a really that's a really good answer, man. I, I really like that. And then last one, and you've touched on this. And again, like, you know, for me, I've always kind of been, you know, people are very touchy. Oh, you know, I'm not going to work for free. And like, obviously you don't want to be like taken advantage of because that does happen a lot. But at the same time, I think it's really damaging to say, I'm not going to do any free work. And, you know, like you said earlier, do you want to kind of maybe just give a little bit more like, insight and like details into, you know, you said, you were saying, oh, I did this for free. I did this for super cheap. I did this for um, alumni for like next to nothing. Obviously, you know, you're, you're an advocate for it. What would you say to somebody who's kind of struggling with kind of walking that line of all oh, paid work or unpaid work? Cause it, it's a huge, like you said, it's all who you know, and it's a very relationship based industry. Um, but what, what is something like kind of where's the line would you say um, in terms of working for free? Yeah. So I think, you know, working for free, any project that you do, you're going to get paid. But you just have to figure out if you're going to get paid in money, if you're going to get paid in a relationship, if you're going to like there's a certain value to taking a project and completing it and doing it well. And that's kind of the question you have to ask yourself. You have to figure out if, it, if it's worth it to do that. Actually, recently, a project that I did, um, there was a buddy of mine who is an editor, super talented and a director that knew him was like reaching out to him and he was like, hey, man, I need an editor and he wasn't available. So he actually recommended me and the director reached out to me and he was like, bro, I have this music video. It has no money. Would you like to edit it? <laughs> and I was like looking at the director <laughs> and I was looking at his site and he has like Vimeo staff picks, like a ton of awards. And I was like, shoot, this guy's really talented. He's really good. And so I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it basically for free. It was like a, a few hundred bucks, which is pretty low for a, uh, a music video. And so we edited it and it turned out really great. It was shot on film too, which is also like, that's a big plus. Editing on film is so much more fun for me. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why I did it for free. And luckily enough, we did a pretty good job and it actually got a Vimeo staff pick and it got a ton of other awards. It was on director's library, boom, stuff like that. And so I didn't really get paid in money for that job, but I did get paid in awards, yeah. <laughs> which is super weird to say, but that's actually kind of what happened. And, you know, not not all of them work out that way. Sometimes you'll, you'll take an L and sometimes you'll get a W like that. And so you really have to to take a look at the situation and see what's in it for you and see if 
working on that project might benefit you. If it's a relationship, if it's a new director, I'm much likely to do it for a lower rate because there might be more work down the road. And you kind of have to think with that long term mindset when you're making that decision. And also, if you're just starting out, you don't have a huge network. Literally working for free is like the biggest booster to grow your network insanely fast because people will want to work with you, especially if you do a good job and you're cheap like that never happens. So like everybody's going to want to work with you. And so you'll grow so fast and then you just move up from there. You slowly increase your rate as your network increases and you can be a little more selective with your projects and, you know, the sky's the limit. So have at it. That's awesome, bro. Dude, thanks so much for me because again, like I, I'm not an editor. I don't do it full time. It's really interesting to hear and it's a totally different side compared to like what we've kind of had in the past because everyone has pretty much been production. Like, so I'm like, oh yeah, dude, totally. Yeah, that's how I do it. Or, oh, that's not how I do it. I, I might think of that next time. But, you know, for you, it's been a totally different way of thinking, which is great. All right, dude, thanks so much for having a chat with me. Yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm excited to see, see where your career goes and I'll keep an eye out for your work. Bro, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Likewise, we'll stay connected. And, you know, freaking shout out to Justice, man. Shout out to Justice. Thank you, there man. You go. Easy. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Boom. Boom.